What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ask LFC Podcast. I'm Harrison. Good to be with y'all. Hey, Mike Moses here, lead pastor of Lake Forest Church, Huntersville. Today, uh, will be. I want to share three scripture verses that were claimed at the founding of this church at every single meeting. They were prayed over this church before we ever launched. And I'm going to illustrate each of those three stories from something significant in the first two years of our church. Okay, awesome. Hey, but first... Uh, Mike, our green room looks a little bit funky today in a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. B- because, illustrating, you are not the diva worship leader that everybody <laughs> thinks you are. I mean, you give off this aura yeah. of being like the famous, infamous mm. diva worship leader who's so talented, and so it's just diva-ish. Yeah. We get, all know what that means. And get that and a lot. I, I know it's hard, you know, I, I guess people have told you, you kind of have, you give off that aura, mm-hmm. but I'm here to say that there's proof right in this room that you are not, because the green room is your office, and it's our worship planning space, but today it's filled with children's ministry stuff. That's right, we're art camp in full swing right now, which is, uh, it's just so cool to see, I mean, we've always uh, had dreams of our campus space being used for more than just Sunday morning stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, art camp is a great example of that where the whole the whole campus, every room, every room <laughs> that's possibly available is taken over by campers, including the green room. So, Mike, when we're done recording, there's looks like there's some extra canvases and paint if we want to. Yeah, do some can, some crafts. And, whatever the craft is for this particular breakout room, there's maybe eight or nine or ten project rooms that kids rotate uh, around. So art camp is our children's ministry camp. Instead of vacation Bible school, we do a uniquely you art camp. They learn biblical truths uh, while uh, doing really cool art projects. They're really sharp. Two or three of them, I I walked around to all of them today, and um, uh, a couple of them, I'm like, aw, why don't we do cool stuff like that when my children were small? Because this would be a great keepsake from when Austin and Dylan were six years old. And right now on the wall right here, as, as an example of that, um, more than just art, there's a poster on the wall for all the kids <clears throat> with their craft for tomorrow. We're looking at day three that says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Psalm 139, 14. So every day the kids are room to room are learning yeah, stuff. There's themes the theme for the for day. This room. Yeah, it's so cool. Mm-hmm. Theme on day one is I am uniquely created by God. Theme for day two, I gave the, the opening talk as I jumped around um, yep. and did the roving microphone to see what little kids would say, which is always fun. Uh, we should do that on Sunday mornings more often in should. the worship center. But uh, what today's theme was uh, I am loved by God, and um, I love to do those biggie on the eye chart biblical talks with children. It was just beautiful to see hundreds of children here, maybe more beautiful to see our faithful teenagers Many adults have taken off work to volunteer and be mm-hmm. a relational leader uh, of a small group of kids segregated by grade and uh, gender. Um, anyway, really beautiful stuff. It's awesome. But, but d- y'all, I know you hear the diva-ish kind of things that come out of Harrison's <laughs> mouth on the podcast and such, but I just uh-huh. promise you he's not because he did allow his personal worship leading space to be taken over by 
uh, an art project. I do still need every Sunday morning a thousand brown M and M's in a goblet. If <clears throat> they need to be sorted already, uh, just just throwing that out there. That hasn't changed. Speaking of not being a diva, you are sharing our worship leadership this Sunday with one of our favorite artists from the last several Hope and House of Blues series yeah, we've yeah. done. Um, uh, Cindy Morgan That's is right. coming back from Nashville. Yeah, man, we're so excited. She she did. We were commenting in our worship planning time today, Mike. You said, and I fully agree, uh, in any of our last couple Hope and House of Blues that we've done, I think Cindy did as as good of a job as anybody of really uh, just connecting the theme for Hope and House of Blues. It'll be a little different from this Sunday, obviously, because we're, we're not all the way there. But Cindy came in and just, just had this beautiful uh, merging of uh, the lament and, and, and the sorrow that we can feel in life mm-hmm. just partnered up with the hope and the trust uh, in in Jesus, trusting where he wants to lead us. And it was all bundled in this, like, beautiful and kind of messy. And, like, it was just, it was neat. She inhabited what we've always said we want our Hope and House of Blues worship services to be. And people say, what is that when we describe it? And we say, we don't know, but we're trying to do it. What you just said, in a mashup of also beautiful uh, performance songs and a mashup of congregational worship, and, and she did that so well. Mm-hmm. So we're excited to have her back this Sunday as a special uh, moment in the middle of summer, and I'll be teaching a pretty intense part of the book of James, chapter 5, although everything James writes is intense. Yep. He's that He was that kind of a pastor. So if you ain't at the beach, get here in person. We want to hang with you here. It's going to be awesome. That's right. Yep. Harrison, uh, and you listeners will, if you're a podcast listener with us, you've heard us mention and even talk about that we, this fall we we're approaching uh, on the weekend of October 21st and 22nd, the 25th birthday yep. of Lake Forest Church and what has become the Lake Forest family of churches. Um, and we're going to celebrate that in some really special ways. If you haven't already, please put Saturday, October 21st and Sunday, October 22nd on your calendar. Make that the weekend in the fall that you don't plan the camping trip, you don't go to the football game, then the away game. Just we, we really ask uh, are asking everyone who calls Lake Forest home to prioritize that weekend if you at all can. But in in uh, ahead of that, every now and then we're making comments on Sundays or here about some things that have marked us in the twenty five years. And this morning, uh, I don't know why I woke up thinking about the three founding scriptures Hmm. that I felt led to introduce to our launch team of 42 people starting our first Sunday evening meeting uh, on April, I want to say it was was either April 23rd or 28th, 1998, meeting in the current VIP room at the bowling alley at Exit 25. That was a community meeting space. It was one of the only ones available. And, And that's where our launch team met on Sunday evenings from the end of April all the way till October until we launched on Sunday mornings in the roller skating rink. But that first night, I introduced these three scriptures, and every single Sunday night, we prayed them over the founding of our church. And I'd like to introduce them to you because they're scriptures that uh, I pray we uh, we will continue to claim for the next 25 years. And I, and I want to introduce each of these scriptures um, 
by with a a, a story okay. of something that happened in the first couple of years of our church. So so we're a launch team of forty two people, Harrison. We're meeting in the skate in the bowling alley. Back then, you could still smoke indoors, believe it or not. So we would walk. You, Angie and I would walk in the front door with our two boys, hold our breath while we walk through the smoke filled. <laughs> yep. in alley. It's yep. a much better experience today. Yeah. And then <gasps> when we got into the community room and we had a little room for child care. Um, and we were meeting on those Sunday nights and we got and we were praying about where are we going to worship on Sunday mornings? We there weren't all these new places. There weren't new schools yet. Uh, for the most part, where are we going to meet? And we we had been searching and we did not have many any good options for quite some time. And then this incredible option came along. Uh, We had some folks in our launch team who were friends with some of the leadership staff at Joe Gibbs Racing. That was was a brand new facility at that time uh, and quite notable in the area as it remains. And uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, they asked and and, uh, whomever said, Hey, we have a, a, a auditorium we use for news releases and things like that. You guys could, why don't you worship there? Hmm. And this group of our launch team got really excited because what's not cool about saying, come to this newfangled church that meets at Joe Gibbs Racing. Hey, that's kind of cool. You walk by the Super Bowl trophies on your way into that, that particular, we went over and toured it. Uh, that room is still there, and it was a very generous offer. And uh, we we toured it and then went away, and I came to the next launch team meeting, and I said, "Uh, no, we're not going to worship there. I was like, what? (laughs) We're we're not, what? Uh, This is perfect. It is beautiful, and it's new. And I said, you know, there are some decisions I will make for the church at this stage. We don't have elders yet, and... um, and you all, you've heard me say multiple times, I am not ever going to set a numerical goal of how large this church will become or how small. God's in charge of that. But as long as God brings one more person at a time, I was using that language all the way back mm-hmm. then, um, then we'll make space for more. And, and actually, we've done that for 25 years now. And I said, in this, this auditorium uh, doesn't seat quite 100 people. It's a great space. It'd be killer. But I'm, I'm praying for more than that on our first Sunday. And it was interesting because um, some of the folks' eyes got wide. They're like, wait, we're starting a baby church. More than 100. Um, and it wasn't, this wasn't some grand act of faith of mine. Um, uh, a second thing happened in our first year when we were already worshiping in the roller skating rink. A developer... Um, was friendly with our church and uh, took me and one of our leaders out to lunch and said, I, I have a offer for you. I, I know at some point you're going to start looking for land, and I'm developing these two neighborhoods. The, these two neighborhoods are awesome today. They're built out. They're awesome places to live. A lot of our people who worship here, who are ministry partners here, live in them. And we'd like to, we believe in what you're doing, this, this area needs like a community church and really like what you're doing. It's, uh, even though you're a part of a denomination, you, you have a community feel. And we're believers. We'd like to give you land in the middle of one of these two neighborhoods. Let's go look at them. Or they pulled out plans. We were, I can't remember what restaurant we were at. Pulled out blueprints and showed them. And 
I mean, I'm sitting there. This is the kind of story that I you you hear I hear other pastors say, and I get jealous. I'm like, why didn't God do that for Lake Forest? Yeah. Give us free land or free building. This this does happen, and it was happening to us <laughs> in our first year. And they showed it uh, to me, and I could uh, you know private individually, I'll be glad to tell anyone, but uh, where these two places were, uh, but not I don't want to record it because it was such a generous offer. But they were little tiny plots in the center of a neighborhood that would be a cute pet neighborhood church. Sure. Now, not that God doesn't love small churches. Apparently, they're his favorite because that's the largest number of churches in North America. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I was claiming this is one of our, our foundational verses. It's in Ephesians, and Paul writes this prayer. Uh, now we pray to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Which, by the way, that was our theme for our last vision campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, immeasurably more. And and so me and the launch team, and when I came to the launch team, at that point we were no longer a launch team, but there was a leadership team. And I said, I, I think we need to turn these two free parcels of land down because that would mean we're only here to reach one more person for a short period of time of people moving to that neighborhood and we would not have the capacity to reach however many God would reach through us. And we were claiming that, okay, God, we don't know what you're going to do. We don't have these grand strategic plans of how many people we're going to become or reach or now how many churches we'll start. There's no strategic plan for a finite number, but we're going to trust that you will, you want to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. And that is something we could easily imagine. The church that we were at that time would have filled that up. Yep. And and that would have been a completed church in kind of human means, uh, not giving the Spirit of God room to do immeasurably more than we were asking or imagining. So that's the first of those foundational scriptures. Um Yeah, I, I drive through those neighborhoods and I see those spaces every now and then I think Wow, that would have been a different journey, different life. Which is also, <clears throat> you know, interesting and, and neat for folks who have uh, been here more than uh, the last couple of years to see uh, that passage, like you said, come around and guide the most real significant change that our campus has seen since the ground was first broken yeah, here and, and right. the building was created. And you talk about our our space being full. I'm sure you would not have imagined uh, talk about not being able to imagine 25 years ago that you walk into work every morning and there are 40 people in our lobby that you've <laughs> never laid eyes on before hanging out in a coffee shop. Yeah, coming on just having a meeting over it's, there. It's crazy. I, I love it. And cool music being played. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Going to work in a coffee shop in the preschool with all the kids. It's wonderful. That's awesome. And probably the thing that I would have never imagined, I, I didn't, I can't say that I didn't imagine us reaching a number of people and growing to be the size church that we are, potentially, I I never imagined or asked that we be a multiplying church of planting new churches, and that's beautiful to me. Mm. So that's our first scripture that we claimed. We prayed it over this church every Sunday evening for the the six, nine months before the launch. The second one, um, I'll illustrate with a a beautiful story from our very first worship service. Uh, We... So we, we did find a place to worship in the roller skating rink, and uh, we, we draped off half of the rink, 
because we didn't want to, you know, we knew we wouldn't fill up a whole skating rink full of people on day one. Um, and a, a um, and we had worship. I mean, we, we, we had practiced this, and I, I preached a sermon on the grace of God through Jesus Christ, and it was, wasn't the best worship service in the world, but it was a beautiful birth. It was really beautiful. Um, and there were, there were a lot of well-wishers who came from our mother church and such and kind of swelled the crowd, and then we settled into being a church of between probably 110, 130 for a good while there. Um, but something, um, a miracle happened at that first service, Harrison, at least one of which I'm aware. Um, it, and it happened in this weird way. I, I, I know I've told this story before, uh, but maybe not on here. It happened in a weird way. We were, we were trying to get the word out about the launch of our new baby church. And this one guy named Matt in our uh, launch team was in sales. He's the kind of guy you don't have to hang around him very long to know, oh, that guy's in sales, or he should be. Yeah. <laughs> right. On the verge of noxious, you know, uh, kind of like me, you know, it just, just right there teetering on the edge between extrovert who's fun to be around and just always in your face having stuff to say. Uh, Matt's a great guy. <laughs> saw him not that long ago. Actually, they moved out of town. Um, but Matt had this idea. He's like, okay, Mike. Nobody called me Pastor Mike back then. Hey, Mike, I was just way too young. I did not look the part. Um, hey, Mike, I've got this great idea. That, that flyer that we mailed out about inviting people, it, was, looks like a, it looked like a, uh, an invitation to a baby shower. Hmm. And it said, you're invited to the celebration of a new baby, and then you open it up, and it said church. Hmm. But it was a picture of a nursery. And um, he said, I'd like to put those on under the, have you heard me tell the story? Under the wiper blades of every car in the new Target shopping center. By the way, that was the thing you said back then. The new Target. We have a Target in yeah. Lake Norman. Can you believe it? That whole exit was new on yeah. I-77, and the Target was brand new. So that was the place to be. He's like, I'm going to put that ad. Well, inside myself, I thought, that's kind of obnoxious, maybe tacky. Uh, but to Matt, uh, I... I responded and said, man, you do you. If God's leading you to do that, you do it. So I don't know how long he was out there that Saturday. We were going to start on Sunday. The next Sunday was our first. So this was October 17th, 1998. Yep. So Matt was out there in that parking lot. I do not know. He could have been out there for 30 minutes. I need to ask him next time I see him. He could have been out there from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. I need to find that out. Uh, but, and and between Harris Teeter and Target, he's just bloop, 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 putting those ads well um there was a woman uh who went to grocery shop at either the grocery store or target store or target i'm not sure if target had groceries at that time um and she was going saturday afternoon to get groceries because she had decided to take her own life that night Hmm. things were unbearable and she had her reasons, but she wanted to be a good mother and wife and leave the house stocked with groceries. Mm. Can you imagine being in the state of mind where you would think those two things? Mm. And um, she came out with her groceries, put them in the car, got in her car, and was like, oh, look, there's a thing under my, win- my windshield wiper, and she opened it up. And it was an invitation to New Baby Church the next morning. Hmm. And she, as I remember her telling it to me, 
uh, she said she prayed something like, well, God, I won't do it quite yet. I'll take this as a sign from you that there's some hope. She rustled up her family. Uh, came that first Sunday and gave her life to Christ. It was a very simple message. It's an example of it's God's Word and God's Spirit doing. We, we plan as people. You're like, I'm going to do this song. And then you had a God story a few weeks ago of someone who came back came to church for the first time maybe ever because they'd heard a certain song in a funeral the day before and you just happened to pick it. That's right. But that was the Holy Spirit of God. So that was a miracle of new life in this woman and her family's lives. Uh, Their marriage stayed together. She became a healthy Christian. They moved uh, to New Jersey, I think, where the last I heard she was a deaconess in their church. And that's a miracle of God. So that Mm -hmm. illustrates our second scripture that we were praying every launch team meeting before we became a church, which is this, and I, I forgot to look up the references. I should know the references for these. It's when Jesus is walking with his um, disciples through some fields, and he's got his hand over the wheat. Like, can, can you picture in the movie Gladiator when the gladiator is walking through a field and yep. is, he's fingering the wheat? Well, Jesus is doing that. And he says, uh, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few, pray to the Lord of the harvest to, to send more workers. And churches usually use that verse for the second half. Pray for more workers in children's ministry. Who's, yep. Whose turn is to sign up? Who's ready? <laughs> but we, we were claiming the first part of that verse. I was, and then our whole group, as a promise from Jesus that people are hungry from God, for God. The harvest is plentiful was Jesus' word. It's an echo of Ecclesiastes that says God has set eternity in the hearts of humankind. Everybody is hungry for God, whether they know it or not, and they're expressing it in one way or another. The endless scroll is is the sense of more, 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 more. I'm, I'm made for something that's actually filling, and that's only God that fills our spirit. And so the fact that she, Matt and his obnoxious self, put that ad on a windshield all that day. She was there that moment, just a little ink on a piece of paper that cost about a quarter of a cent. And God brought her to faith and and redeemed her family. Uh, That woman was hungry for God. And, And we became an earthly signpost to the God who loves her. And that's who we seek to be today. We, I, we want to claim that same promise. We're not going to be the church who's defensive. Oh, my gosh, the culture. It's so non-Christian. It's tearing us up. My fa- I'm scared to let my children go out anywhere. With Let's just huddle up here at the church and hope we survive and hope Satan doesn't beat, beat down the doors and, and defeat us, <laughs> um, which is kind of— uh, which is another, uh, well, I'll tell that gets us to our third scripture. Um, uh, no, we're going to be an offensive church uh, on the offense, and we're going to trust Jesus' promise that people are hungry for God, that the harvest is plentiful. And we'll let him sort it out, who, who's in the harvest and who he uh, interacts with, but we're going to do our best to uh, collaborate in the harvest. So, um 
The third. So that brings us to a third. Any comment on that? I was just going to share that. Have you that, never heard me tell that story? I've never once heard that story. Oh that is gosh. so awesome. I'm, I'm just listening to it thinking like, well, you could have. What is a, wrong with me? A lot of good things have happened since then, but that was already right. You could have you wrapped it up. We could have wrapped it up <laughs> and like, said, okay, guys, great job, launch yeah, team. We did it. Go, let's go back to Forest Hill. No, I was just going to share that <laughs> that, that uh, passage is, is Matthew 9. 37 and <laughs> 38, you. just so you know. <laughs> thank you. I didn't know. I looked it up. Oh, thank you. Um, so, so now we're in, the, we're in the skating rink. We're a year and a half into this thing, and we're, we're, we're pretty plateaued you know, for a long time, between 110, 150 pro- people probably, which is great, larger than the average church plant in America over the last 50 years. After three years, its average size is 83 people. So, again, that's a normative way the Holy Spirit works, and, and we were in a good place in seeing some fruit and baptizing people. Um, all of a sudden, we got a call from the roller skate rink owner. Hey, we are shutting this place down. Uh, we're going to close the business, and you're going to have to find somewhere else to have church. And we said, okay, how much time do we have? Two Sundays. Mm. It might have been one, but I, I don't like to exaggerate. Well, actually, I do, <laughs> but I'm, I'm trying to be honest about it here. Uh, I think it was two Sundays, but it could have even been one. Mm. We're like, oh, no. At this point, we had a couple staff, and so they fit in my car. So we got in my car, and we drove all over Lake Norman, like potential places to worship. And I didn't. I had a bias against worshiping in schools. There were a lot of horror stories at the time. Of you could only sign a three month contract, and a lot of horror stories of principals willy nilly saying, "Ah, we don't want the church here anymore. They're trouble." So I really didn't want to go through a lot of moves. So we were very limited. And somebody said, "Hey, you should go look at the Lake Norman YMCA." I was like, "Man, it's really off the beaten path." But okay, uh, um, right there between Cornelius and Davidson, it's eight miles away from where we are, where we started. Um, but so we drove up there and we walk in the lobby and the first person we see is another one of the first three people who came to faith in Jesus in our church Mm -hmm. out of complete, not even giving up on church, just not growing up with any knowledge of God. And this, uh, so the first person we saw was a woman who was one of the first three bad adult baptizees in our church. And then we saw another young fan, un, previously unchurched young family that was now worshiping with us, and another and another. This is like it within five minutes. And so <clears throat> we had this overwhelming sense okay, whatever's going on at the YMCA, I didn't, before that, I didn't really understand what the YMCA was in the Charlotte area. It's very special. Um, I didn't know that. We're like, wait, there's an overlap here, clearly with the kinds of people that we want to reach and we are reaching and who uh, attaches themselves to the YMCA, this might be a great place to worship. And we walked around, looked at the gym and a couple places. We're like, oh, man, that's going to be a big deal. So I can remember the next day I was driving up to Blowing Rock to a friend's cabin where I would write sermons uh, in those days. I would, I, would write, I would study ahead for a couple of sermon series, and I was on my way up there. I was on 321, just out of Lenore, before you hit, start going up, that little stretch, before you start going straight up to Blowing Rock. I was on 321, and I got the phone number for the YMCA, and I called, and I, I looked it up, and the executive director's name uh, was Georgia Harris. Today, her name is Georgia Kruger. Um, and I, I called and said, could I please speak to, you know, executive director Harris, please? 
uh, sure. Uh, and so she got on the phone, and I said, I'm Mike Moses. We started this weird little church in the area. You're not going to know, you know, anything about us, but we're in the roller skating rink. We need a new place, and we saw a real overlap between constituency. I'm trying to sell her, you know, why this would be great. And she goes, wait, wait, stop, stop. Mike, I know who you are. I've, wor- I've been worshiping there the last three Sundays because I needed a church in Lake Norman, not driving to Charlotte. And, and I love the messages. I'm a, you know, she's a, a Christian leader in the area. I didn't yeah. know this at the time. Uh, and in staff meeting, again, I don't want to exaggerate. She might have said last month. She might have said today. I need, I'm going to ask George. Somebody asked George that question for me. Um, I, I just saw her last month. Uh, it, she either said, like, today or this week or last month. Again, I, far be it from me to exaggerate, Harrison. Either way, she said this. These are the words she said in staff meeting. Y'all, we're not being good stewards enough of this building. We need a church meeting in here. So we're five minutes into the conversa- conversation. She says, so sure, you can meet here. When, when would you like to start? No way. <laughs> that was incredible, yeah. Harrison. And, I'll, uh, and, and Georgia became a beloved <laughs> member of our church, and then she went with the launch team uh, to start Lake Forest Church Davidson, uh, became part of the speaking team there, uh, Sunday morning team, and she is there to this day a leader at now Story Hill Church. I was in our Angie and I's community group for many years. Love Georgia, and great. that's somebody who God used to greatly bless uh, the the fruitfulness of Lake Forest Church by her genera- generous hospitality at the YMCA. And we had a great relationship. Mm-hmm. And we moved into the Y and, th- and began reaching Davidson students. And that's when we really began to grow uh, until we built this building. But that the, the, that's the third scripture that we prayed every launch team meeting was this, Jesus saying this, I will build my church mm-hmm. and the gates of hell will not stand against it. So, again, we were claiming mostly the first part of that. Jesus will build his church. Let's keep, do the best we know how, not perfectly, to keep Jesus the center of this church. It's clear that we worship Jesus. One way we've done that, when we rewrote our core values, we framed them as blah, 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 as Jesus, right? Uh, Live life like Jesus, journey like Jesus, uh, do life together like Jesus. To keep it clear, this is about Jesus. Because if we can keep it about Jesus and be sure that it's his church and not ours, then we can just trust his providence and he'll build the church that he wants to build. Hmm. Uh, we don't need to have all the best strategic plans and decide ahead of time. We're just going to let him do that. And and I, I f- uh, and we claim that. The second half of that verse, however, does relate to what I was saying earlier. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Are gates a defensive or offensive weapon in a war, Harrison? Defensive. They keep keep bad guys from yes. getting into your place. So it's terrible biblical theology and against the imagery of Jesus to be like, okay, we're the church. We're going to hunker down in here, and it just feels like Satan's beaten down, and I just hope nobody dies, uh, and then we'll all go to heaven together. <coughs> no, Jesus says we're going to be on the offense beating on the gates of hell, <laughs> and they cannot withstand. So not only will we claim 
uh, that the harvest is plentiful and there's one more person hungry for God at a time. Um, and we're going to believe that, uh, that God is still reaching people in our generation. And we're going to trust him to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to Ephesians 1. And we're going to ask him to. But we're going to try to be sure that Jesus is building his church here and we're not building ours. You know what? We haven't done that perfectly. Uh, I haven't done that perfectly. But that's our aim. Uh, uh and that's why our sermon series that will kick off on the 25th anniversary Sunday will be Grace Still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Begun by the grace of Jesus Christ, continuing by the grace of Jesus Christ into the future. Even still, Mike, almost every Sunday morning with our worship and tech teams before we begin, um, we we center ourselves on almost that same thought of taking pressure off of ourselves to say, <clears throat> God, this is you stuff, and Mm-hmm. You call us to be part of it, but ultimately uh, pressure's off of us because we're trusting you to do the stuff that literally you and you alone can do so that that uh, all three of those are have not only begun and it's just cool hearing and seeing kind of the uh, the thread woven into the fabric of Lake Forest in so many different ways mm-hmm. over all these years. It's just cool. Well, those are my three early years stories and I'm sticking to them Harrison love it (laughs) thanks for sharing that Mike that is awesome and it's 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 cool reflecting back but it's cool reflecting back and why we're excited for the 25th anniversary is because we are so excited that uh, God's not done here yet and we're just always anxiously looking forward to the next chapters the next God stories that are being written here uh, all the time and we're just just thankful to be a part of it uh, on our end of things. And we're thankful to be a part of it with you, uh, who listen, uh, a lot of you who are ministry partners with us and bringing, bringing the kingdom of God here into the present every single, every single week. Well, uh, thank you for joining us, uh, this week on the ask LC podcast. We will catch you all next time. Have a fantastic week. Later. Later.